Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of the Catholic Connect Podcast. I'm so glad that you tracked us down. I hope you're having a blessed day wherever you may be in the Universal Church. And of course, my intro is a nod to one of the great Catholics of our time. Boy, I sure pray that he's in heaven right now. Let's uh, hope that his soul is saved. Vin Scully, the great Los Angeles Dodgers announcer. And uh, what's going on with the LA Dodgers right now? One of the most storied franchises in professional sports in North America, inviting a group of drag, of men that are dressed in drag. I don't even call them drag queens. I mean, what is, what, what is that? Um, this group is called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Uh, these are not sisters. These are not nuns. These are homosexual men masquerading, dressing up, mocking our Catholic sisters. Uh, what an absolute debacle this is turning into. And the LA Dodgers thinking that somehow these uh, this group of anti-Catholic bigots deserves to be honored in public. What an absolute travesty this is. And I uh, want to say a, a prayer for all the great Catholics and even our, our non-Catholic Christians that are helping us out in this battle for decency, for Christianity, uh, for Catholicism and what we hold dear in our Catholic Church. And our nuns, our sisters that give up their entire lives, uh, earthly lives, to something greater, to pray for us, to pray for the Church. I don't think we have any idea of how efficacious these prayers are from these sisters in Christ that are giving their lives to the church and to the service of us. So we go along living our lives, living in the world, but not being of the world. The grace that we receive from these sisters is amazing. And so with that in mind, let's turn off our modern ear for just a moment, please. And let's put on the ear of Jesus Christ, the gospel and of Christendom. Let's go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Reference number 854. By her very mission, the church travels the same journey as all humanity and shares the same earthly lot with the world. She is to be a leaven and, as it were, the soul of human society in its renewal by Christ and transformation into the family of God. Missionary endeavor requires patience. It begins with the proclamation of the gospel to peoples and groups who do not yet believe in Christ, continues with the establishment of Christian communities that are a sign of God's presence in the world and leads to the foundation of local churches. It must involve a process of enculturation if the gospel is to take flesh in each people's culture. There will be times of defeat, and with regard to to individuals, groups, and peoples, it is only by degrees that the church touches and penetrates them and so receives them into a fullness which is Catholic. So sometimes us Catholics, we need to remind each other about this mission that we're on. And what we're seeing in the world today is we're seeing that the animation of Catholicism is missing in this world. The animation that comes from being the bride of Jesus Christ to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. And when we see that animation missing, that salt of the earth, that leaven missing, what we have is chaos. And we have our society and culture spiraling into a dystopia without Jesus and the church. But the good news is God has made a covenant with the Catholic church. We are his chosen people. He promised us that the gates of hell would never prevail against the church. 
So this is an exciting time of mission for us, of vocation. So from our Catholic sisters, like the Carmelite nuns, that give out their, their lives every day in prayer and sacrifice for the good of the church, for the good of us, that we're living in the battle, the spiritual battle here on earth, living in the world but not of the world, whether you're a stay-at-home mom that's taking care of your husband and your children, maybe you're homeschooling your kids, what a beautiful vocation that is. And also for the dads, the uh, the, the fathers of this world, the husbands, uh, the sons, the grandsons, Men, we have an important vocation, and that's to lead our families to Christ and also to reach in our community and make a difference for Jesus and the Catholic Church. It is not easy. It requires patience, but that is our mission. And speaking of gentlemen that have made a decision to answer the call of vocation and mission to evangelize and to bring souls to Christ, I'm so happy that I got to catch up with Sean Lynn who's got a fantastic ministry called God Squad. He has his own podcast. He's doing a lot of great things in the church, and he's based out of Wild Rose Country here in Alberta. Just another example again. Thank you, Jesus, of the blessings that we have, even in our church locally here, and we want to share those stories with the rest of our listeners that live outside of Alberta and outside of Canada. So without further ado, here is Sean Lynn. We'll see you on the other side of the interview, my friends. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Well, Sean Lynn is a gentleman with a lot going on in his life, a recently retired member of the Calgary Police Service. He is the president of God Squad Canada and host of a podcast called A Dram with Friends and a long-held passion that he has held for many years for reaching out to men and encouraging them to live their particular vocations to the very fullest. So we're blessed and honored to welcome our brother in Christ, Sean Lynn, to the Catholic Canuck Podcast. Sean, welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. It's great to have you, Sean. I've been uh, hearing a lot of great things about uh, the God Squad and some of the work that you're doing. Uh, Very exciting. And uh, maybe it's just because on this side of Alberta here in northern Alberta, Sean, we just are a little too sheltered or something. I don't know. But I only became familiar with your apostolate maybe last year. So it's really great to see what you're up to. And I thought it's, it was a good idea to reach out to you and see if we could have a chat and talk a little bit about uh, about uh, men's ministry and vocation. And it's such a, an important uh, topic now, uh, considering this very complicated and confusing days that are upon us, right? So before we get into that, I always like to to ask our guests, especially if it's their first time on the podcast, because I, I love hearing good conversion or reversion stories to the faith, especially from someone like you, Sean, who is uh, so vibrant in his faith today and, and sharing uh, the gospel to others. But maybe tell us a little bit about uh, pre-God Squad and uh, pre-ministry, what your life looked like and, and how you came into a deep relationship with God and the church. Yeah, it's it's been quite the journey. I was raised in a, a Catholic family and got all my sacraments but right around that time, uh, when I was confirmed, my parents were got divorced, and church wasn't on the radar as much. I went with my grandma a little bit one year, and it wasn't until I met my wife, Michelle, uh, who played in a church choir, that going to church seemed appropriate, especially if I wanted to get to know this girl a little more. So... Uh, we got married in the Catholic church. And as I tell people, you know, we were 
habitual Catholics cafeteria, whatever the term you want to use where, you know, we were trying to live it as best we could with the knowledge we had. Uh, but if it was a beautiful sunny day and going to Banff seemed more appropriate than going to mass on a Sunday, then we went to Banff and it wasn't until it started when I started policing and you started getting challenged. One of my classmates in at the police academy would challenge me that you guys worship Mary and no, we don't. And then I had a sister that uh, converted to Mormonism and I didn't have a lot of the answers for her. And just being a, a young police officer, seeing all the stuff we're seeing starts you examining what it is that you want to teach your kids, what's right and wrong and what do I believe? And then I was blessed to uh, get teamed up with uh, Jim Amsing downtown who was also going through a, a conversion as a Dutch reform. And my wife and I had discovered these tapes by Scott Hahn and Jeff Cavins and Steve Wood just prior to that. Uh, so we're listening to these tapes as we're, we're working the night shift and, uh, anyhow, that, that led to me going back to confession for the first time forever. And I joke that, uh, the church burnt down after that, uh, and, but my wife and I renewed our wedding vows for our 10th wedding anniversary at that time. And we went on a retreat where we, we just dove into these, these cassette tapes of all these conversions of, of Scott Hahn and his teachings and Steve Wood. And that led us to, we wanted to share this with others. So we, we began by bringing them in and, you got a better discount if you were a bookstore versus a parish. So we were a bookstore and we started Catholic corner and we went around to parishes setting up and, and making resources available to, to Catholics to start building their faith up. So, and as at the same time, there was a group of police officers that we started a scriptural rosary on the first Friday of every month, praying for our families and, and the families of police officers and others. So we started to build this, this core. And that's when, uh, met Steve Wood, uh, at the first family life conference, which I, yes. I know you're familiar with that's mm -hmm. in your area. So as they say, the rest is kind of history. So <laughs> That's that's fantastic. I want to go back to just uh, your experience with going to confession, Sean. That you hadn't done it in a long time. It sounded like you had a lot to confess, which is which is fine, right? Yeah. Uh, there's there's so many people that uh, that are out there that might say, oh, "I haven't been to confession in years," but to live the sacramental life and to live life in a state of grace, like Saint Augustine says, you know, sin darkens the intellect. I think we're seeing a lot of that nowadays, don't we, Sean? We see how sin just corrupts our minds and we just don't think clearly. And going to regular confession is is so important. But yeah, that that first experience, obviously you'd probably been to confession maybe as a youth, but 
getting back into the sacraments again, was that sort of the, what kind of catapulted you into ministry, you and your wife? Well, it definitely just uh, tore the veil kind of thing. It, uh, It was an incredible experience. So I went and met this young Vietnamese priest and he, after talking to him for a while, he takes me out up on the altar, sets up two chairs there. We, he hears my confession and then he stands over top of me and says the words of forgiveness. Mm. And I still, that, that feeling was incredible. Like it, it's, it's, it's hard to describe just cause it had been so long and that cleansing of, of the soul that takes place in the confessional is incredible. I haven't repeated that experience per se, but it's, uh, it's just absolutely a must. And it's, we, we hear the stories every year from our men's conference where guys are going to confession for the first time. We had a young, young guy. It had been 15 years, but so to, to, run a conference and for that to happen is extremely powerful because you now you've opened up that person's life to the grace that God has for them. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think we get stuck in, in various ministries on the quantity of people that show up, right? Sean, we think of the quantity, oh, we need to we need to have ten people come to this or we need to have a hundred people come to this in order for it to be successful. But when you hear the stories of one soul coming back to Christ, it really is all worth it, isn't it, Sean? Because we it don't is. know what that one person, that one gentleman, that one lady, what they might go on to do, not only in, in their own lives and with their own families, but also the greater community. It's uh, just the one person. And, and of course, Christ said he would come back just for one of us too. That's how great his love is. So the quality is so important. When we get challenged by non-Catholics, you know, non-Catholic Christians, or even people in other other sects, or other, you know, you call them a cult if you, if you want as well, but... Uh, I know that that was a big part of my, um, I wouldn't want to say a reversion. I was always into the faith, praise be God, but, and thanks be to God that I always was. But having those challenges really, it makes you go to the scripture, makes you go to the catechism and learn your faith so that it can become your own. So I think those are real blessings. And sometimes I've heard people say, oh, you know, this certain person at work or a family member challenges me on the church's teachings on whatever the topic would be is, it's really annoying. I was like, well, instead of looking at that as an annoyance, look at that as a gift, right, Sean? This is maybe the Holy Spirit prompting you to give an answer to this person, but also for you to grow in your faith as well. Absolutely. And that's that's so important because most people, if you give a genuine response, that that touches them, even if they are coming at it, I'm going to show you, then you give them, God works through with the Holy Spirit to, to touch those people's heart. And, and we know as Catholics that there is one church. Jesus' prayer is at the Garden of Gethsemane that they all be one. And, and we strive for that. And we just had uh, Ascension where go make disciples of all nations, right? Mm. Uh, and Powerful. 
right? Yeah. So yeah. we we've got a we've got a task here on Earth, and we we got to run with it. And he'll give us, as I as I told some people recently, he can even use a blunt tool like myself, and uh, <laughs> it's hard to believe. So. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're uh, what you're saying. I feel that way as well. Uh, a blunt tool is probably a, a very good uh, very good visual as well, Sean. That's awesome. Yeah, I always say too that when someone comes to our door, it doesn't happen very often, but when someone that's a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness, when they come to our door, the, the very worst thing that we can do is avoid. If you have a couple of minutes, you don't have to stand there and have a, a one hour discussion with them, but it's important to to at least give them the reason for the hope that lies within us. I think it's so important. And again, it doesn't have to be an argument. Uh, you know, it's planting seeds. Ultimately, we don't convert anybody. Yeah. It's God that converts them. So we need to take a, advantage of those opportunities and look at them as as a moment of grace for not only for us, but maybe for them as well. And uh, if you talk to, especially a lot of Jehovah's Witness, Sean, a lot of them are fallen away Catholics. Yeah. So as soon as you start to speak truth, and if you're living in a state of grace and you have uh, that sacramental life that you're that you're relying on, the words of truth are going to pierce, and uh, whether that happens right on the spot might not happen. But again, it's planting those seeds that's just so important. Um, I want to talk to you about law enforcement a little bit because you're a, a police officer for many years, Sean, and I always think of that verse from the Beatitudes. Right? I think of "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God." Uh, what a what a beautiful passage that is. And when I think of police officers, I think of them as peacemakers. And I think of that in a biblical term and what they're called to be. And I think there are a lot of police officers that legitimately want to to serve. They want to to help others. And I think that's that's beautiful. But of course, you know, the devil, he always tries to get involved in some way and tries to corrupt the good, whatever he can, right? Yeah. And you look at this, uh, this just asinine movement, uh, defund the police. Uh, kind of originated in the United States, but unfortunately, it's really come up to Canada, right, Sean? And even even in Calgary, your own city, uh, I'm yep. sure you were involved with that as well in the last couple of years. Um, and then you also, you know, you might say maybe people from the outside would say the other side of the the political spectrum, but you see a loss of trust even with the RCMP and maybe even how they handled some of those freedom protests last year in Ottawa and at the border. And some people, uh, some other, some good people have lost a lot of trust in police officers as well. But what are your thoughts on, on the, um, I guess the vocation of the police officer and law enforcement, especially in today's world that that's so confusing and dark without Jesus Christ, isn't it? Well, and the Edmund Burke, uh, evil triumphs of good men do nothing. And that's mm. where it's important that we, we continue to step up and and fulfill that role i truly believe i was called to be a police officer i i did it for 33 and a half years uh and yeah there's there was lots of hard days during that time um uh, uh but i saw it as an on an opportunity a vocation as you were say where god has put me here for a reason and what am i doing in that moment to to reach this person and you never evangelize as as per se with are you saved because but if you're a true witness of christ they should be able to see how you treat the people around you is there things that i did in 33 and a half years 
that I wish I could redo? Oh yeah. Like we all have, oh, I could have done better there, but I, I saw it as an opportunity for me to be that witness that the police aren't bad. So I had the opportunity to work with youth at risk for 10 years. I worked in the high schools for three years and tried to break that stereotype that they were trying to create about the, how bad the police are, where I worked with a ton of African young men who they loved having discussions with me and, and working with me. Uh, it was, it was a great opportunity. And like I said, I was very blessed to do that work and it was an opportunity for me to do my best every day and mm -hmm. try and be that peacemaker, as you say, and reach people where you're at. I remember talking to one young guy uh, at a domestic where he, you know, he goes, well, how do you know when you're having trouble? Cause I was talking to him about how a man should be and I go, if the police are in your front room talking to you about your marriage, there is a problem. So <laughs> you may want to do an examination there. And so. Yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, no kidding. That's for sure. Yeah, that's uh, not, not uh, the kind of visit you want to see from a police officer yeah. not, uh, or something like that, right? And I think that's uh, hard to blame the police when it comes to that. <laughs> that's uh, no, something and, you got to look being, at internally, right? Being there to protect the vulnerable, like yeah. uh, I joke, we had a law student for a ride along and we pull up to a domestic and we can see the, the man assaulting the woman through the picture mm. window. And, uh, Jim went and tried the door and it was locked and he was rearing back to kick it. And I ran past him through the door and we say the man had an instant conversion as to his wrongdoing. So <laughs> it, uh, he saw the error of his ways very quickly, mm. uh, so having those opportunities to protect the vulnerable and, and be that, the good guys. Mm -hmm. And that's what people need to remember that, uh, uh, that we, we are there standing as a, as a wall, as a, as a, well, you heard about the thin blue line, but it, yeah. we very much identify with that because we are they're standing in between good and evil most mm. of the time. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's why we just gotta, we have to keep praying for our police officer. We know that we have a lot of Catholic brothers and sisters that serve out there as well. Yeah. They could really use our prayers and abdication of responsibility. It seems to be a, a recurring theme amongst all people. I mean, I don't even want to mm -hmm. pick out young people for this. It's, it's really with everybody. Right. But it seems like there's always that finger pointing. And I think that's when we get, involved with sin it's our pride yeah. our pride just says this is not our fault this is somebody else's fault so we're going to blame whoever is the most convenient and it seems like the kind of the flavor of the of the week or the year it can be the catholic church it can be law enforcement but it just seems that that's where we're at as a society right it's i'm not going to take the blame just like uh, the, the the story that you recounted with the the instant conversion of the the man that's abusing his his wife, uh, all of a sudden, uh, I didn't do it. What are you talking about? Right. But you know, the truth is, um, is hard for people to accept and to admit to nowadays, isn't it, Sean? Yeah. Yeah. And, 
and that's where you you try and show them the way the truth and the life as it were but uh and and we have to hold people accountable for their actions because we're not doing them any favors when we don't because then uh i quite often would say for many of the the people that i dealt with the younger the adults the young adults is you're not doing your kid any favor when the first person to tell them that they've done something wrong is a police officer mm. because then they've got it in their mind that the police officer must be wrong because I've never been wrong before. Right. And then they find out all too quickly that they're in the back of a paddy wagon going to jail. So their belief was not based in reality. Mm-hmm. A discipline starts at home with our with parents. It really yeah. does, doesn't it, Sean? Yeah, yeah. You need the the support of a of a, a loving family, the domestic church, and we're we're slowly starting. Well, not slowly. It's been like this for many years. We just don't see that same support at home like we used to. Um, you know, other interesting parallel I think is is you getting involved in ministry in such a such a huge way. We see that with other evangelists as well, which I think is really neat. Uh, uh, Tim Staples would be one. I believe he was in the the U.S. Uh, Armed Forces for a while. I believe he was at the Navy. I think, and I think that was kind of part of his um, his conversion story. Uh, I think of Jesse Romero as well from Virgin Most Powerful Radio. They've got actually a show dedicated just to spiritual warfare and the connection with law enforcement. But what do you think it is about the maybe that vocation of of being the peacemaker that seems to translate very well into working into ministry and reaching out to men specifically? Well, the, the original God Squad founders were four police officers. And what it was, was you witness what's going on with the lack of fathers in mm-hmm. the family or in the home, that that we felt a calling to to try and rectify that or or at least do what we could because you always try to look at the root problem rather than just dealing with what's happening in that moment. You look at where the root problem is. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of the young people that we were arresting, talking to the, the, the hookers or the call girls, not, they didn't have a daddy at home that loved them. It was a, a common theme that we came across. So that's when we started uh, Steve Wood was starting St. Joseph's Covenant Keepers at the time. So uh, we said we Edmonton hosted the first one in 97. I said, we'll host the next one. And Steve just uh, really liked the fact that it was four police officers doing it here in Calgary. And he had invited us down to EWTN Studios uh, after the first conference in Calgary where we had Mark Shea and Pat Madrid and Steve Wood, Mark wrote an article for Steve's newsletter and coined us the God Squad. So that's where it, it came from. And we went and did TV shows uh, at EWTN with Steve uh, as the God Squad and, and, and it continued to grow. And I'm the only remaining officer well, no longer an officer, but uh, only re- remaining founder that's still involved. The others, though, are are coming this weekend to Cranbrook to try and launch a small 
men's conference there so we can see if we can't enkindle the the hearts and souls of men elsewhere so and is that the the goal or the mission of god squad is to is to start other men's groups or 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 maybe have some conferences on an annual basis in certain areas uh it sounds like this is uh, more in canada but I'm, I'm sure there's an outreach in the u.s as well that uh that maybe is involved, but can you maybe tell us a little bit more about that mission and, and what uh, you're you're planning to accomplish here? So, like I said, the origin of God Squad, and we continued to to put on the conferences yearly, and then we started barbecue outreach, trying to reach mm. men, because uh, what better way to get a man's attention <laughs> than have a shiny grill with meat on it? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so we've been out in the community uh, representing men, serving their community and, and inviting men that way. Uh, 2016, we started uh, a motorcycle evangelization with Jeff Cavins, where we were going around to smaller areas where, you know, you wouldn't get a speaker like Jeff to come in mm-hmm. and, and we'd stop and do talks at churches or coffee shops and very, very powerful evangelization witnessing on that and and then uh jeff invited me down to the catholic men's leadership alliance summit and that's where i got to to meet uh the catholic men's leadership alliance which was leaders from other men's ministry to men coming together and trying to coordinate uh, so that we're all pulling in the same direction and God Squad had been at the wash, rinse, repeat kind of thing with our conference, so it it was a uh, a new opportunity for us to to start thinking outside the boundaries. And for for some reason, when we or when we legally had the name, it was God Squad Canada. So, and as okay. such, I've been asked to be a on the board of the Catholic men's leadership Alliance and represent Canada. And so as such, we're partnering with the Catholic men's leadership Alliance in trying to fulfill their goal as a vibrant ministry to men in every diocese in North America. And I've now working full-time for God squad and Catholic men's leadership Alliance to, to try and, get that going and or support it because it's the work of the holy spirit in men we're just trying to participate in in god's plan and god squad's very much aligned with the catholic men's leadership alliance and vice versa because our our job our job at god squad is to foster that vocation that men are called to in the with St. Joseph as our patron mm. and St. Joseph is the patron of Canada. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've got a great love for him and, and we're, we're seeing what we can do. So yeah, these are recent undertakings as one of the f- founders of God squad wanted to start a conference in Cranbrook. So we're supporting him uh, to try and do that as God squad Canada. I can't think of a better patron than St. Joseph to help out with something like this. Uh, what a powerful intercessor for us. Do you think that is it when it comes to outreach for men, 
is it best to to look at it like from a, a regional perspective from a diocesan level where you have maybe a conference every year or twice a year or is it important to go to the parish level and, and start smaller groups of men and then maybe kind of um, you know have something maybe once a year where everybody can congregate and get together and and have a larger meeting. What do you think is the best approach to, uh, to all of the above, all of the above. So one of the things that, uh, the Catholic men's leadership Alliance is, is doing is a diocesan reading. So you have the men's conference like God squad, where it's the mountaintop experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And we heard this early on that, okay, now where do I go for the rest of the year? So yes. trying to create that that small group where they can be supported throughout the year. And so the thought process is that the the conference will feed the small group, the small group will feed the conference, and then you're creating this dynamic uh, where men have more points of entry into being ministered to. And that's where we make the distinction of men's ministry and ministry to men because uh, it's important that we minister to the man so that they can go do men's ministry. Yes. Uh, they need Men need to be supported and, and trying to figure out where the, the point is because every man needs to be ministered to. And so trying different angles avenues to reach men is is important so whether it's a small group or a parish-based group a diocesan-based group so we're trying to support all of those and and see if we can't create more of those opportunities and by supporting men we're really supporting families right we're supporting the the entire community when you talk i'm sure you talk to so many so many catholic men what are some of the things that uh, maybe some observations that you've had or maybe other people have just shared with you? Why do Catholic men fall away from the church and fall away from being active members of their parish? Well, part of it is is that lack of connection. Uh, men are lonely. and mm. And if they're not being connected with, and it was interesting, Steve Wood talked about a study that some Irish priests did. There's also this philosophy or theology that I'm going to heaven anyhow, so why mm. why do I need to go to church? Universal salvation, right? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then, uh, so just trying to reach men where they're at. And we talked about it at my small men's group in my parish where we were talking about just meeting the guys and because after mass you go and talk to the people you know all the time right and so i purposely started this was back in february i every sunday i try to introduce myself to a new man because and i've had some incredible conversations Uh, i remember a young uh nigerian guy that had only been in canada for a couple months it's minus 24. He's waiting for the bus. And so had a conversation with him, offered him a ride and just started allowing him to feel like there was somebody that was in his corner. And 
And that's where we need to start reaching out to men to see where they're at and, and start inviting them into the mission, wherever they are on the continuum. So. Yeah. Sometimes no one cares about what you know until they know how much you care, right? The, the old yeah. saying goes, right? So there's some interesting uh, data and statistics on the uh, amount of young people that fall away from their faith when they don't have a father that goes to church regularly, that attends mass regularly, goes to the sacraments on a regular basis. Um, when when dad is present, the chances, I mean, ultimately everybody's got to make that decision on their own to follow Jesus Christ and make your faith your own, but the statistics are, are quite revealing of how important it is to have uh, a husband and a father that's engaged in their faith and, and attending on a attending mass weekly, but also having a prayer life and, and being involved with the church. Um, yeah, well, there's there's that connection, isn't there? Sean? It, it, it's, uh, it's huge. Uh, there's there's several of our speakers have presented it over the years, but the mm-hmm. where the kids will follow, continue in their faith, it's astronomical. If mom is the faithful one and dad isn't it's Mm -hmm. like a 10% whereas dad is the faithful one doesn't matter what mom does yeah it's well over 75% and it's the same with uh who the youth that are in jail uh Mm. I was I remember telling one of my new partners right after one of our conferences about you know the importance of dads and and how the kids end up in jail and all these other components to it. And he, he wasn't buying. And then he, he, he came back a couple of weeks later, you'd watch, I forget whether it was 2020 or 60 minutes or whatever, where they talked about all these people in, in jail, where on mother's day, every one of them wrote mama card. They, they had tried this experiment or whatever. And, and the guys just, every one of them got a card to write mom mother's day. And then, so they thought that worked so well, let's try father's day. Mm. Not one of them. Wow. Wrote, mm. He said, uh, mm. in that one of the 640 men in young men in Rikers, not one of them had a cool. father at home. So it's, it's astronomical. And the, the percentage is something like 85% of men in jail grew up without a father in the home. Hmm. And I guess on that, that topic, cause I think that's an important thing that we should approach because not everyone had a father at home or maybe their, maybe their father passed away and they just don't have that father figure in their life. Of course, you know, through no fault of their own, they're just dad passed away and that's it. But what would you say to some men that maybe don't have a father in their life that they can, they can look up to or rely on for advice maybe tying that into the relationship with God, the father as well, and, and how that relationship can be ignited and, uh, and really flourish too. Well, and that's where the importance of, of knowing that you do have a father, God, the father who loves you mm. so much that, uh, he sent his only son to die for you. Mm. But in, in practical terms, that's why it's important that we, we reach out and and mentor some of these young men. Like I, I talk about it often when I get the opportunity that, uh, you know, that 
young man down the street that you think is a punk instead of treating him like a punk you you give him a smile you say how he's doing you yeah you, you mentor it's important that we start looking for young men to be an example too it's so important and that's where it really hit home for me like our earlier conversation every time i put on the uniform it's not me that people necessarily see it's the uniform so i i'm representing everyone same when you people know you're a catholic what you do and say they think all catholics are like that so we need yeah. to change that oh wait i this catholic knows his bible this catholic loves me this cat mm. and that's the conversions into the church are people that they see that authentic care and love from a catholic brother uh brings them because they want that so mm -hmm. yeah we hear the term toxic masculinity now and uh you know again a secular term that has nothing to do with the gospel or, or christ at all but it really yeah. discourages men from looking out for others and i think mentorship i, I think you you got it you hit the nail on the head there sean um, I was so blessed growing up. I had a dad that loved me, that was involved with the faith. And I had two older brothers that were the exact same. And then throughout uh, my life, especially when I was young, I'd go to different you know conferences or youth events. And there was other young men that, that took the time to talk to me, to pray with me, to ask me how I was doing. And it's so important that we, as we grow older and, and more mature in our faith too, that, that we pray for the grace to um, recognize those opportunities to do the same for younger people as well. That's why I say, you know, I know a lot of guys like to coach. I said, you know, coaching is a, another uh, volunteer effort for the most part that that is overlooked and uh, unfortunately due to the, the horrible behavior of a handful of people can sometimes be um, looked at negatively. But, uh, you know, coaching sports for sure uh, if, away from maybe the church, but if, if you're in the secular world, that's a... A great way to show your your uh, well, your faith and, and leadership to others as well, right? And that's where we're blessed in Alberta to have Catholic schools. So I I coached the high school senior boys rugby team at St. Francis. So I was coached our last game last night because unfortunately we lost in the playoffs. But yeah, it's a great opportunity to instill in young men some some of those virtues and teachings and and I. St. Francis priest peace prayer was not appropriate to open your rugby game with. So uh, they've all learned the St. Michael prayer. Fantastic. Uh, to, so I've got, I've got 25 young men that know the St. Michael prayer now off by heart. That alone, so I think good. is, uh, is a step in the right direction. So oh, 100% talk about another powerful patron of St. Michael, especially in this. Well, he's the patron saint of police officers. Yes, so I've, I've right relied on him a long time between him and St. Joseph. And that's where walking in this world, it's in, so important for you to know that you're not alone and you have yes. like as a police officer, I could go anywhere because I had St. Michael and St. Joseph beside me. And I've recently fallen in love with St. Joseph terror of demons. And yes. so walking with those two guys beside you, you can go into some pretty dark places, yes. uh, which is the job quite often as a police officer. 
so yeah, just know that you're not alone. And, uh, these guys are, are great to, to stand with you. You're not alone. <laughs> and we shouldn't be afraid to be deliberate with, uh, with sharing our faith with, especially with young people. That, that's the, that's the cancel culture. That's the, the mob mentality, yeah. you know, silence, uh, you know, don't speak of faith, don't speak of the Lord or we'll, we'll cancel you, you know, but of course our yeah. Lord canceled the only thing that's really important. That was our sins when he died on the yeah. cross. So we have nothing to be afraid of. Uh, nope. interesting. You mentioned earlier too, about men being lonely and that's really what the devil does to us is he wants to isolate us, right? Sean, he yeah. isolates us, makes me, makes us feel like we're all by ourselves in this world. We're all by ourselves in our spiritual battle. Uh, in addition to looking for fraternity with other men is so important, but you already talked a little bit about the saints, but, uh, the intercession and having a devotion to saints like St. Michael and St. Joseph, that's a real important part of a man's arsenal as well as having that a prayer life, but also looking for the intercession of our, our friends and the saints in heaven, isn't it? That you're absolutely right. And, and that's where compared to when Michelle and I started Catholic corner today, there's, there's so many great Catholic resources out there and, yes. and just, so if, if you're not sure about something, you can, you can go to the God Squad website. We have Catholic prayers for men there, and we we pray along with you if you want. You can just hit the the button. Uh, there's resources like heroicmen.com, which has uh, it's it's a whole platform of programming, including my show, A Dram with Friends, uh, that is there to encourage men as a as a tool. So there's you're you're not alone and knowing your saints your guardian angel all all the people that are surrounding you both physically like your brothers in the church and and your the saints in heaven the angels you're you realize that there's this army that that walks with you uh and it it combats that loneliness so uh it's it's so important that we reach men and tell them that they're not alone. It, what was interesting was we were presenting to the Western Catholic and Northern bishops, and w one of them asked, what do you think is the issue with men? And Dan Donaldson said loneliness. And mm. there was a bit of silence, and, and, and you heard a voice, and said and bishops too so oh. we really need mm -hmm. to encourage our priests and our bishops that they're not alone that because mm -hmm. we need to support them uh whether it's inviting them over for supper or just yes. letting them know that the the men of the parish are with them because i know i wrote an article many years ago about uh imagine all the priests and bishops are in foxholes and they don't know where the the fire is coming from because the re reinforcements fell back and that's where if we advance as men so that the the bishops and priests feel like they can stand up to today's world and that they're not alone and they are supported because there's, as you 
so much friendly fire against them as well, where you've mm. got people tearing them down constantly. So it's easier quite often to be quiet rather than yeah. bold. And it's a, it's a scary world. You know, anybody that works a, a secular job, I mean, even, you know, whether you're in law enforcement or you work like a secular job like I do, um, we know the, that there are those fears of bringing our faith forward or telling the truth about Jesus Christ. It's the same thing with our bishops and priests too. They're, you know, they're, there's, uh, there's a lot of eyes on the church. They want to see what's going on. And if, you know, they step out of line or you start to push certain, certain doctrines or uh, certain teachings forward, it gets a, a pretty uncomfortable place for our leadership, Sean. So I think that's a, that's a great point that we need to, as men really rise up here, uh, especially out of this time of this, this crazy virus where we've, we've lost a lot of uh, numbers from our church. But even before then, you know, it was, um, those hearts probably weren't transformed the way they needed to be anyways. So now we've got a, a massive task in front of us. And I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I've been thinking a lot about this last couple of years, but it seems like the numbers of baptized Catholics, and I'm going to come to our home province, uh, our, the greatest province in Canada. Sean, you and I can agree on that. Maybe not on the sports yes, teams, yes. but we can agree on the best province. But there's a lot of Catholics that live in Alberta. I think in the Archdiocese of Edmonton, it's over 400,000 baptized. That's a that's a huge number, and probably probably something similar for the Diocese of Calgary as well. The numbers of people that go to church and go to attend mass on a regular basis are very small, probably in the single digits. Uh, not saying that we don't go out and evangelize non-Catholics, but we have a lot of work to do right in our own church, Sean. A lot of people that, uh, I, I don't like using you know, secular terms, but you know it's the low-hanging fruit. But it really is true. There's people that are available that we really don't have to spend a lot of time or effort to find in our own church that are no longer active in our faith communities. Do you think that should be a focus for us here, at least for the short term, is how we can reach out to some of these baptized Catholics that have just simply fallen away? And how can we reach out to those men? Absolutely. And what it is, we were talking about this the other night uh, as a group of us at our parish got together with our pastor. We had pints with the pastor and, hmm. and we were talking about the need of invitation. It's, it's all about invitational. Uh, and, and Jeff Cavins talks about it in the activated disciple that quite often we will not talk to anybody about our faith. We have no problem talking about our hockey teams and yes. uh, our football teams and, and that, that kind of stuff. But even our families, we're having trouble talking to our about our faith where we need to to be a little bolder like it doesn't you don't have to be a theologian you don't have to to know the faith as much as you can should would but just the fact that you tell them that god loves them and has an amazing plan for them sin's gotten in the way the kerygma is 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 the basic message uh Jeff talks about a story of a, a woman that got talking to at, he was doing a Ascension press meeting and she was there for a Melaleuca conference or something. And when he had told her that he was a Catholic company, Oh, I have trouble with the Catholics and this and this and this and this and this. And, this. 
he just goes oh and then he goes yeah those are those are some issues but god loves you has amazing plan for you and within a matter of the next morning when he that's the guy that's the guy that was talking to me about jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh he invited her to mass like because wow. if you argue about these issues whether it's residential schools yeah. or you're never going to make any traction uh with with people instead of talking about the basic message of the gospel that god yes. loves you has an amazing plan for you and sin's gotten in the way and we need yes. to reconcile ourselves to god and and move forward and mm. so that invitational piece that not being afraid to talk to people around you and we need that's where you need some courage and then read Sirach for some wisdom. Oh, 100%. You can't break down the strongholds by yourself. No. You know, I, I, I know even just for myself, I'm guilty of this. Sometimes you get into these discussions, they turn into arguments. But really the root of the problem is not, you know, like they said, you could spew off 10 different issues with the Catholic Church. But the Lord is going to be the one that's going to convert them. What do yeah. you, what can we do to plant a seed? That's all we have to do. We can't, there's yeah. so many layers and there's so many walls built up there that that's something that we can't do because we're, we're not the Lord. <laughs> so, so it's, it's important that, uh, that we recognize that it's a spiritual battle. This isn't just a, you know, some sort of a block of, um, ignorance of some sort. This is something completely different. That's, that's kind of out of our realm. We need to rely on the help of, of the Lord and our saints as well. Uh, St. Michael being a great example of that in this world. And uh, some of the blocks that people have towards a relationship with the Catholic Church, uh, sometimes we just need to introduce them to to Jesus and uh, the plan that He has for them. Right? Uh, you know what? I wanted to talk to you just briefly too about your podcast that you have. It's kind of one of those avenues of outreach within God Squad that you have. Uh, a dram with friends, always really great. I, I love the. I love the concept of it, uh, having a, a drink and uh, and talking about the faith, just like uh, some mutual friends of ours, the Pints and Pews podcast. I know you've been on with uh, with uh, Dennis and uh, Robert as well in the past. They're friends of our podcast as well. But yeah, tell us about about the uh, Dram with Friends, where you came up with that concept and, and how that uh, that particular podcast can reach out to, to Catholic men and others as well in the church. Well, it, it was... Uh, it- I'm sitting in my pub right now and uh, we were COVID it had been partially renovated and our daughter was turning 18 and we always traditionally took our kids to the the pub for their first drink when they turned 18 here in Alberta that's the age of yes having that's why we're the promised land right John that's right that's right <laughs> my poor son that was 18 and legal to drink here and then went to university in Florida. And oh, that's 21 <laughs> yeah, that there, was, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, where he was supposed to wait till he was 21. But uh, he, w- he actually had phoned me during that time when I was doing this renovation. And he goes, Dad, why don't you do a podcast? And I'm going, mm. really? And, and that's where I had whiskeys that I had bought for special occasions and built up a little bit over the year. And, and I'd, I'd have to say whiskey was my rabbit hole that I went down in, in 
uh, during COVID because a friend of mine had sold off a portion of his collection and, and made money on it. So I thought ah. that was kind of a new investment uh, strategy <laughs> for me. And, but it's, it's, it's meant to be an, an avenue much like our motorcycle trip where we were in the pub and, and talking to people about faith. So it's, it's meant to be a, an informal place, the, the pub where you meet, talk about faith, family, food, and fun, things you, that you would talk about in the pub. And, and, uh, so I've had the opportunity to have some great guests on and, mm-hmm it's it's been such a blessing uh, you get the big names like the jeff cavens and the father larry richards but i also try to get a lot of the guys that nobody knows about yeah. that are working in the trenches and, mm-hmm. and just bring awareness to who they are and and what they're doing and and because we're i want men to know that you don't have to be a father larry richards or a jeff cavens to do this work mm-hmm. you just have to be available for god to use you as i said earlier uh, he can even use a a blunt uh blunt instrument like myself uh, that uh, stumbles along and, and but he's been faithful to me and and i've tried to be faithful to him so mm-hmm. it's been it's been great and i look look forward to uh doing many more episodes it's been it's been a little bit of a hectic year with my dad passing away and mm. my daughter having twins me retiring and trying to figure out what this new job's about so yeah it's it hasn't been as consistent this year as i would like but i look forward to it it growing in the fall and having some more consistency so well that's great yeah and podcast it's I, mean, it's, I always tell people selfishly, it's a lot of fun. It's actually because you get to talk to people you might not normally get a chance to talk to, right? So that's right. Uh, you know, you can share it with others, but uh, you know, selfish. I guess it's you know, God has uh, ways of giving gifts to us personally too. And, and sometimes yeah. you're like, boy, I, I don't know why I deserve this, but uh, these uh, these blunt objects deserve these things. But uh, I, I feel the same way. It's it's a it's a blessing to do it. So um, really appreciate your time, John. This has been. Uh, a blast and uh, overdue. I'm really glad that she took some time to uh, to chat. Always great to talk to a fellow Albertan as well. There's always this uh, kind of a little bit of a running gag on on our podcast. Seems like everybody's got a, a connection to Saskatchewan, and I think uh, I know I do as well. But uh, it's always nice to, um, to chat with uh, someone else from Alberta, and we can share what we're doing in Wild Rose Country in the Catholic Church to uh, the rest of the world. So maybe one more time, do you want to just uh, remind our listeners of how they can. Uh, get a hold of you and uh, how they can get a hold of uh, the ministry, the God Squad. So it's godsquad.ca is our website. Uh, we've got a Dram with Friends on there. We've got Catholic Prayers for Men. We've got upcoming events. So please check that out. There's tools like heroicmen.com that just have a ton of resources on there for you to start a study with you yourself or with a brother or a group of brothers uh and they can get a hold of me through god squad sean s-e-a-n at god squad.ca so it's uh and i i look forward to helping build ministry to men across canada and see if we can't get a vibrant ministry going in every diocese in canada 
Well, fantastic. That's a, that's a really exciting. I'm sure something like we can all get behind and uh, it's so important in today's world for sure. And uh, we are called to be the hands and feet of Christ and uh, us men have a special vocation, each and every one of us. So and thanks for sharing your story, Sean, very much. And I look forward to staying in touch with you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure and God bless your work and all you're doing. Well, a big thanks again to Sean Lynn for joining us on this episode of the podcast. I hope you were inspired as much as I was from that conversation. And Sean's website again, godsquad.ca, all kinds of great resources there for Catholics, especially for Catholic gentlemen. And if you're not a Catholic and you're interested in joining the church, there's another great resource for you to draw from. And thank you so much for listening to the Catholic Canuck podcast. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. Also, hey, subscribe and drop us a review if you'd like. Anywhere you listen to your fine podcasts, whether that's Spotify or Apple, on all kinds of different platforms. So thank you again for all of your support and your prayers. I love hearing from you too. Just drop me a line anytime. Uh, Just send me a a message through Twitter, Facebook, or even through Messenger. And uh, this great universal church of ours, it is huge and it is great to hear from so many brothers and sisters in Christ. So thank you again for that. And I hope this episode and other episodes inspire you and remind you of your mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world. That is a great commission of Jesus in the gospels. And it comes all the way through to us 2,000 years later. We've got a great mission and a great responsibility to share this love of Jesus Christ through the Catholic Church and through the sacraments All these great graces that we get, we've got to share them. We can't keep them to ourselves. We've got to give them to other people. So keep praying for me. I'm praying for you. And as Catholics, we got to live life in a state of grace. And that's going to confession often, even when it doesn't feel that great. But when you're in that confessional and you come in with a contrite heart and with a firm purpose of amendment to never sin again, you walk out of that confessional box feeling pretty good. And that's the great grace that Jesus gives us through that sacrament of healing. So we've got to go to confession at least three times every year, every Lent, every Advent. And anytime you're in a state of mortal sin, don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. God bless. And we'll chat with you very soon.